What's up, everybody? Here is another bonus episode. Since we don't have any tournaments to cover, we don't have any fantasy fishing episodes. So here is a replay audio version of a recent stream with the Serious Angler, Bailey Eichbritt. We talk about a ton of things, bass fishing, podcasting, YouTubes, uh, goals for 2020, new techniques, and all kinds of things. Make sure you uh, listen to this one and uh, enjoy the show. All right, IG, we're going away. Uh, we're going to try to go uh, YouTube only. So hopefully you can jump on over and join us there. Peace out. All right, what is up, YouTube? Start throwing out some questions. What do you guys want to hear? Let's, let's talk some fishing on this, this Saturday night. What, what's the weather in Minnesota right now? Uh, it's actually pretty nice. We uh, We were pretty cold uh this past week we had like easter sunday through maybe like wednesday thursday we had snow almost every day and it was pretty cold and then friday was pretty decent today was beautiful but windy uh now we're going to go into a stretch of like 50s 60s touching 70 right now so it should be pretty nice so uh i'm guessing the guys today there's a couple guys that were uh, sending me some messages that did all right on some metro lakes uh today I just, uh, with the wind and everything going on, I was like, I'm just going to wait until it gets a little nicer and wet. figuring that it was probably a big rush out there today. And I figured we'll let, let everybody kind of settle in and uh, uh, find their golf courses because the golf yeah. courses just opened up yeah. and things like that. So, yeah. um, hey, Leo, is the echo gone now that we're uh, dumped? All right, cool. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so, uh, Bill Corver, what's your go-to date in 50 to 50 degree water this time of year? Oh. Um, assuming... You're in a place that uh, permits bass fishing. Um, <laughs> I would say 50 to 53, uh, probably a jerk bait is going to be a really good choice. Um, mm, a jig, a jig, a jerk bait, a lipless crankbait. I'm kind of thinking mostly largemouth type stuff right now. Um, those three baits are really good. It kind of depends on the lake you're on. I know you've actually been fishing quite a bit. Uh, and that's probably yeah. what is your water temps got fifties right now, right? Or you've seen that type of temps recently in, in New York? Yeah, so out in Cayuga, we touched fifty last week, but then the temps dropped back down to uh, um, the low forties today, just because the past couple of days have been rough of the low thirties, twenties um, for temperature. Um, but it's starting to spike back up tomorrow. We're going back in the sixties, so should get, should get back up there pretty close, but. Man, I, I love a trap just because there's so many ways you can work it. Um, and I, for me, I like I don't like throwing a flat side. I like throwing a trap. And you can work a trap pretty much. You don't have to throw a flat side. You can throw a trap and have it mimic that same um, that same motion as a flat side. Because I like digging that nose of a trap through, like especially rock piles. Like rock piles right now are going to be perfect. Like that's what you want to hit as those fish kind of move from their wintering holes up to the banks. And I just think a trap, whether you're yo-yoing it, digging it, burning it, you know, um, for to me, that's my favorite just because you can use it pretty much everywhere. But uh, 50 to 53, I mean, I guess it I guess it really depends where I'm at, too, because I do like murder yeah, so, water and throwing a chatterbait. That's pretty cool. Yeah, funny. absolutely, for sure. And I think he's in Missouri, so that means he definitely mm-hmm. probably has shad where he's fishing, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a plus. So to me – that means you're probably solidly in the 50s because, like, our little lakes kind of, like, bump up to 50 and they drop back down. But, like, in Missouri, I would think you're, like, that's legit. Um, so, I mean, to me, that's, like, green light for the fish. When you get that, starting to get about 50 consistently, those largemouth really start to bite. Yeah. 
so I think you can kind of pick your poison of reaction baits that mimic shad in your area. Uh, and it kind of depends. I would assume there's not a lot of vegetation, so you're probably fishing rocks or standing timber or things like that. Uh, so targeting those those creek channel turns, those flats going into pockets, staging. I mean, they're going to be starting to think about staging pretty hard, I would assume. So, yeah, jerk baits, uh, lipless cranks, if they're a little deeper, if you've got dirty water, then you can definitely start, you know, maybe getting around wood cover and start fishing vibrating jigs and spinner baits and things like that for sure. Yeah, and once it gets to uh, probably, If you're in Missouri, you probably can't just a wiggle horn or a yeah. scroll rock collar either for sure. Yeah. Yeah, even if, you know, 52, 53, you know, they're going to be up pretty shallow, I would imagine, if not already, you know, getting ready to start spawning, you know, because once it hits that 56, 57, that's when they're really going to be start to spawn. You're going to see the beds. So, I mean, that's what I would, I'd just get up shallow, start burning something. What's up, SmackDown? Uh, I also, so, yeah, so we're, I love a football yeah. jig this time of year. I mean, pretty much when it hits 42, you can catch them on a football jig, but once it hits like that 50 degree, 52 degree mark, when that those crawfish really come out, I mean, you can pick up a football jig and you don't have to put it down for us a day. So that's pretty fun. We're doing good fishing today. So you've been fishing quite a bit. You've uh, so so Bailey's got uh, a YouTube channel as well. Uh, Bailey, it's Agrid Outdoors, yes, um, and uh, so he's got some videos up uh, recently. Oh, yeah. He's had what uh, two twenty-five pound bag days yeah. in the last uh, week or two. Two twenty-five pound bags. Had a twenty-five four, twenty-five three, two days in a row, and then a couple twenty-twos and twenties. So doing pretty well. Cayuga Lake showing out. New York, we uh, we got some good lakes up here. But uh, yeah, what's, I mean, what's, so what was the water temp on the days that you caught them? They were mixed bags, right? So you had smallies yes. and largey. Yes. So what was the water temp and what were the presentations on those two days uh, that were good? So day one, I went out solo in the kayak and it was the morning started out 43 and then um, picked up to, I think when I left the lake, it was 46. Um, and basically what it, what it happened was. Uh, I had went out the day prior. My spots did not turn out the way I thought they would be. Just the temperatures were a lot colder than I had anticipated. And um, basically, I just went exploring to find new rock piles, find new little areas where they could be in their, their pre-spawn phases, moving up from their wintering holes. And uh, basically what happened, I was throwing a flat side, and uh, I caught a perch. And I kind of just the, – the way I try to find fish is I start, up, I start from the food chain bottom up. <laughs> Uh, and I figured, you know, perch are here. That's what they feed on this time of year. Right. You know, that's a main forage for them. Um, so I'm like, if perch are here, bass can't be too far away. So basically, I threw that flat side a couple more casts, and I felt some rock, and I caught that perch, and I had a um, an actual perch-colored Kitek on. I think it was Sungill, I think is the pattern. Um, I literally, my first cast with that swim bait caught like a two-pounder, couple more casts caught a four pounder and then the next cast right after that four pounder was a five so i'm like okay we're on them now and i caught a bunch more and that kind of keyed me on this big rock pile that was about 200 yards offshore um so it it was pretty it was like seven to eight foot of water but it had a slight little decline that's a lot different it's a lot more um i guess harsh than everyone anywhere um from like a you know the mile south and a mile up which is like a it was, it was almost like a, like a 
like a ditch in a sense, uh, which is right. kind of something irregular that I found. And it, and it was the only place that had rock. And uh, basically I had run out of Kytex um, through the, all those fish. So I was like, you know, I, I caught them, you know, I caught that perch on a flat, caught them on a swim bait. Water, water was up to 43, 43 and a half. Um, so I dug out my trap, my traps, and I had a perch trap. Uh, uh-huh. So I think it was chartreuse perch and a red-eye shad. And then I literally was just, it was lights out uh, for the rest of the day. Uh, caught a 6-2 on my last cast when I was getting four or five-foot rollers when uh, wind picked up. Um, so... It was fun. It was, and then the next day, came back with a buddy, and uh, he was throwing a football jig, which I had rigged up, but I didn't throw it all the day prior because I was catching him on a trap. I'm like, why would I switch? Uh, so he he caught a couple on a 3XD and a, and a football jig, but he was the only – he was getting – every fish he caught on that football jig was four and a half and up. And I was getting some dinks in the trap, and it was like my, fir- my first or second cast with the football jig – I caught a five and a half. So I was like, we're just going to stick with it for the rest of the day. It was football jig, three XD trap, swim bait. It was, it was pretty much the same, same deal. And it's been, uh, it's been all I needed to throw so, thus far. So it's been pretty fun. Nice. And so one day was in the yak solo. So you did 25, 25 solo in the yak. And then you basically had identical weight with a partner in a boat the next day. Yeah, I, I almost beat my solo weight. We we had I had twenty five four four by myself, and then the day after I went twenty five three three with a buddy of mine, with the same area too. So like that place was pumping fish, and which is cool. It's just because where that plate where that spot is, it's on a it's on a, a point that leads into a cove where it's an obvious spawning flat up there. So they're obviously sitting there getting ready to move back into that cove once the water temps get a little bit warmer. So it's textbook, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's my PUB large now, what is, last week in Wisconsin, five and a half pounds, and it was my second fish this year. Second fish? Uh, PUB on your second fish? It's a great way to start the season. <laughs> it's pretty nice. That's quality. Quality over quality. Yeah. What about you, Rich? So, you are you really still, uh, a little bit, but are you still fishing right now? Right now? Or when are you going? Yeah, like, well, that Literally right now, obviously you're not fishing, but like <laughs> I went this morning. Uh, it was okay. a rough day, to say the least. Um, <laughs> I can go in on that again if you like, but that that was a rough. I'm already having Vietnam flashbacks from this morning. Um, oh, PSD, PSD. Yeah. So that's that's the thing that's kind of in spring, right? Like you can absolutely wreck them one day, the weather changes, and then you can feel like the worst fisherman in the world the next day or three days later or whatever. So. Oh man, and I mean it wasn't it wasn't that. I mean that's not why the day was bad. I mean the fish were still there. My first cast of the trap, I caught like a three, um, caught like a two, and then a three and a half. I, like literally within the first five or so casts, and then by my tenth cast, I had five fish already. Um, but pretty much the leading events of breaking a rod, unfortunate events of pretty much having to re-spool a whole reel, boats coming in on me in a, in a kayak thirty yards away. Uh, pretty much a lot of leading events of you know weather not being as predicted, which is usual for New York, and I'm sure it is for Minnesota. All these events were leading up to. I'm like, this is a bad trend so far, and I'm like as much as I want to keep going, I don't want to see what's next. So it's like, I, I looked at the forecast, the radar, I was getting pretty bad. So I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna make try to make a smart decision and go home and uh, 
glad I did though. Cause my buddy sent me a picture and it was pretty rough, pretty rough out there. So nice. yeah, that's always, you definitely have to be more conscientious, conscientious of weather in a kayak, especially on a lake as big as the Finger Lakes, right? I mean, these are not, these are not little puddles. These are, these are big lakes. So things can get real out there real fast. So. Oh yeah. And it sucks too, because, you know, I like the kayak just because, you know, it's very cost efficient and it's fun. You can, it's, it's definitely helped me become a better angler from it, but also I love fishing big water, which sucks because those two kind of, they clash with each other. So I'm sure down the road, eventually, once I actually have a, a good full-time job, I can get a boat, but it is what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I've been fishing a couple times and uh, it's been mostly just trying the boat out, doing a little bit of crappie fishing, do a little bit of bow fishing. So uh, for you guys that don't know, Minnesota has a bass season, and they explicitly specify that you're not supposed to target fish out of season. So um, I've caught a few bass, uh, mostly on small rods uh, and things like that, fishing for crappies and things like that. So you know, try to try to play it uh, as you know. You could definitely go out there and catch them, and you're probably not going to get harassed. But I haven't been that mad at them this spring. There's a few places to go. Uh, I think the river is finally coming down to a, a, a safe. Uh, non-flood stage so we could probably get out on the river uh pretty soon and do some fishing so uh i, I didn't go today um i'm probably gonna try to get out maybe some evenings and then definitely hit it maybe hard next weekend uh, and i'll probably either go to the mississippi river where it is legal to, to uh, fish bass or i might hit a local lake that actually has white bass in it so go. i figured at least i'd be uh targeting larger species with jerk baits and kitex and small lipless and if i if i happen to catch some green bass or white bass, it's all legit at that point. So that's yeah. that's kind of the short-term plan. So, uh, and then otherwise May 9th is when our season officially opens for catch and release. Um, so, hey, punch fishing. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it was windy today and that's, it kind of like, it was nice, but it wasn't super nice and it was windy. So I was like, you know what? I'll just, uh, I'll get some stuff done. I raked the yard. I worked on some stuff in the boat. I worked on a new rig for a external yeah. battery pack on my chesty. So nice. I was just getting more prepared uh, for that uh, to do things. So there's never a happy medium with wind. It's either there's no wind or it's just like annoying. So there's never a happy medium, yeah. especially in a kayak. Rarely, rarely, anyway. Yeah. Well, what? Let me ask you this: what uh, What battery do you run then for your GoPro? Like I fished last night, I dropped five degrees. Yeah. Well, it happens this time of year. It sucks. Yeah. Have so. I have a couple of things. So obviously in a boat, I have a little bit more options, right? So yeah, a lot sure. of times on my bow of my boat or not on the bow on the council, I've got a, on my boat has a, a cigarette lighter adapter. Okay. So I run a hard cord USB cable to the mount. That's usually on my wide action point, you know, not point of view, wide action kind of front bow look that's behind me. And that's just basically hardwired into the cigarette lighter. Um, and then when I started using the chassis last year, I was basically just going off, one battery uh so i would just get whatever a couple hours out of it maybe and then it'd be done so this year i invested in a i don't even know the brand i'll probably put a link down at some point in my youtube description uh so i started rigging this up so i got my chesty so i basically yeah. created this this little pack that'll basically sit on my side here so it's like velcroed around i kind of taped it off with some black tape so it's not like this like shiny thing i mean chesty's yeah. already look goofy enough to wear them so yeah. i didn't want to have like but it's basically an old lure wrap like Velcro, right? And now I've got this battery pack um, in there. 
and that has like 10,000 milliamps and it's something that's actually smaller than my phone. Huh. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, so that's, that's going to be my new setup for my chesty. So in theory, I should be able to run all day chesty and my second cam, keep them recording simultaneous and bring those together to get multiple points of view uh, in videos easily. So that's kind of the, uh, nice. So yeah, where'd you go, Doug? So, so I'm guessing, uh, Brian, you went to Cedar. And Doug, where did you go fishing today? <laughs> you can also get a case yeah, of you, battery pen. Yeah, yeah I, I do. One of my older GoPros did have the extended with like the extra thick, and I just didn't think it was long enough and it was cumbersome. Um, and so I do have one of my older ones that actually died had that, and I just think didn't think it gave me enough. Like typically mm -hmm. when I go out, I'm like looking at six, 10, 12 you know, hours of fishing sometimes. So I want to be literally almost hardwired in when I go. Um, and then I also have the Yolo tech in the back of the boat. Uh, so if I'm fishing a team tournament or with a buddy, I'll usually go with that instead of the, the, the bow yeah. or the council. Uh, and then recently I just ordered, uh, if you're looking for another mount, I don't know, do you have a navigation light port on your kayak or is that not a thing? No, it's like, a. Okay. Essentially, you have to have a battery installed and then a mount that goes in your rail system that you kind of have to turn. Sure. It's like a flagpole that you attach to your kayak. Sure. But uh, TH Marine is having some closeout sales, and they have the 10-inch the MyYolo Tech, uh, and it's, like, cheap right now. Hmm. So I just got one of those today. Yeah, I've heard good things about Yolo Tech, but I've never actually really put the time to check them out. But. Yeah, so it's nice. It's a really easy way to keep your cameras running all day. Um, yeah, so and I expect a lot cooler things this year. I expect to have a lot more camera angles, and a lot more things yeah. uh, mm -hmm. to bring the quality of the videos up this year for sure. Yeah, I'm doing the same. I actually, uh, so I have a yak attack mount behind me that stands up that gets me the angle that most people see in my videos. And then uh, I have a battery system that I can't use if I'm like standing on a buddy's boat because it's too big. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, a size of like a, uh, like an iPad almost. But essentially when it's sunny out, and I can lay it down on my, my, it's called like a, it's the wilderness yak pack. So it's like where I store all my tackle. I can lay it out. So it has solar panels, but basically sure. uh, without it, even if it's just a full charge, it'll go three days of charging my GoPro session, just nonstop. And then like you, like you told me to recently, I got a 128 gig SD card. So I have, I have 128 and 264. So basically I can go from sun up to, to sun down. So and then, then now I have a Yak Attack mount that's going to go on the front where I'm going to put my uh, my father got a new GoPro that he he got like super dirt cheap but has no use for it. So he's like, here, take it. So now I can get 4K pictures to say GoPro record, hold fish up and then GoPro stop recording. And then I can you know screenshot pictures. So now it's going to be, actually you know, you're not going to look up, you know, like almost looking up from my crotch to see a fish picture. You'll actually get a, a nice view this time. Yeah. And then the other thing I do is I do a lot of like vlogging with my cell phone that actually works really well. Like you don't need a big fancy camera. You can add in some kind of yeah. vlog style interview with your phone pretty easily. And that gives another perspective that spices things up pretty easy. Yeah. It's I also do that good too, for B-roll. I do that too. But with the iPhone 11 Pro Max, it like, it takes forever to upload to the computer just because the file sizes are so large. Sure. It's weird, but yeah. That's the problem with iPhones. You can't just plug them in. Like, wow. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Android. I just plug it in. 
Uh, so medicine, uh, Doug, did that? Was the park open? Did you have to pay a fee at the ramp, or do you just roll into medicine right now? And so uh, then uh, Brian's got uh, third musky, third this spring. That's sweet. Which is, I think those are tigers, which I think you're excited about, Bailey. Uh, that is the only toothed fish I like to catch. I hate pike. I hate pickerel. I guess I like walleye. Walleye is okay, but I love I love a surprise tiger. But yeah. Oh, you want to add to that list of a crazy day today? Lost a nice mega bass jerk bait to good old pickerel this morning. So oh, I'm down another twenty nice. bucks. That was fun. Add to the longer list of what went wrong today. I don't think another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think I've actually ever lost what's that? a mega bass to I've never lost a mega bath to a toothy critter. You need to go knock on wood right now. Because <laughs> now it's gonna happen to you. He's gonna happen in the next week. I've broke him on rocks. I've done dumb things. Uh, I've snagged them in like deep wood or something like that, but I've never uh, lost one to a toothy critter. But at least when you break them, you can get new ones from it. You know? It's not like the pike where they take it with them. Somehow my GoPro it's interesting. Huh. huh. Disconnecting mother if you put it in there. That's a bummer. Yeah, it you is. You can try it. I've had certain uh certain GoPros don't like certain SD cards, so maybe try a different SD card. Hmm. If it's locking yeah. it up. I've had <laughs> issues like hearts and twenty bucks, yeah. No, I haven't spent 20 bucks on a Mega Bass in a long time just because uh, I have a, a source that gets the blanks for only a couple bucks and he custom paints them. So I get them for 10 bucks. So those are knockoffs, though. They're not Mega Bass. They're, they're Mega Bass knockoffs. They're the, the Mega Bass blanks, essentially. But yes. But are they really? Or are they just like a copycat, though? So it's probably more like a Lucky Strike RTX, is probably what it's more like. I'll have to I'll have to get one and take it apart. Which is still a good jerk bait for sure. I mean, the the Mega Bass knockoffs are still better than most of the other jerk baits. For oh sure. yeah, one hundred percent. Pop Max to a tree last year. Have you ever used a Mega Bass Pop Max? I have a couple, and I just never really thrown them much. No, I haven't thrown poppers too much at all. Pop bars. I throw a. Uh, this, is my, this is my pop bar of choice. Oh, what is that? I feel like I've seen this. Is this on the Smallmouth Crush? Has he talked I don't about? Know. This? The JDMs, the what? What is it? This is it is it is Japanese. It's called the Doritzo Yellow Magic. There's it's some Japanese popper that's like ridiculously expensive that they talk about. Him and and uh, Eric, they talk about it all the time. They might talk about the Lobino lures. Rico. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But I actually don't know if that's Japanese or not, but it's just expensive. I do throw a uh, a little storm uh, an Arash, storm Arashi cover pop now and then. Especially around docks or some structure, uh, you know, preseason before they're while they're moving up real shallow. I love throwing that, especially first thing. You can get a cool little pop bar bite doing that. 
Podmax this year. Thanks. There you go. There you go. All right. So we kind of had a little bit of agenda. We were going to talk about new Ooh. new techniques, new goals, new topics. Uh, what are we going to do? Because it's like fishing's about ready to like take off, right? Like we've done a little bit of fishing, but it's like it's not really like happening, happening yet. Uh, but now it's about to happen really hard. <laughs> uh, we're going to hopefully talk about like, you know, someday we'll have tournaments again. Uh, but we were going to talk about things that we wanted to uh, to get better at, do new this year, uh, expand upon. So uh, do you want to go first? Or like maybe just like do one, one back and forth and kind of go off that way. So why don't you we going see one first? What's that? We doing 2020 goals first? Sure. Well, whatever you want. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, I guess first goal for 2020, I guess I'm going to start big. Um uh, it's 30 pound bag. The that's dirty 30. I want dirty 30. So that's probably a solo, sorry, a solo dirty 30. I gotta correct myself there. And what is the what is the recipe? Like what is your plan? How do you how do you plan to achieve the, this is a New York dirty 30? This isn't like a Florida or a Guntersville. This is a... basically um, just timing out my areas. So basically not so I have a couple areas that I know have the fish, but basically putting in the time to, um, for me, I think with the areas that I'm at, you know, the, the presentations that I'm throwing, I think, you know, like I like to throw a trap a lot, but I think I need to put that down and really spend more time throwing the football jig because it produces bigger bites. Even though I'm going to get less bites, I'm going to get bigger bites from it. And I think sacrificing, you know, numbers, for quality, I think that's the, my approach to catching a dirty 30. It's got to be in the next couple of weeks if it happens while they're fat and getting ready to spawn. So that's what I think. That's how I think I'm going to accomplish that goal. But you never know. Maybe go out in Erie and, or Ontario smack a 30-pound bag of brownfish. We'll see. What about you? What is a 2020 goal for Rich? Yeah, I guess one more follow-up question. Do you feel like the window to get your dirty 30 is like, like quickly, right? Like once you like – well, you probably have what, an early spring window and then the fall window, right? Yeah, and I haven't fished much during the fall just because of college. You know, this is the first year right. out of college, so it's like the first year I can really efficiently fish in the fall, um, which I don't I mean it's going to depend on the hunting season too, but uh, it's – yeah, it's essentially like a month. I'll get. I'll give it a month. I'll give it a month in the spring right. that you could catch a dirty thirty. It's up to spawn, and then once the spawn, they're going to get thin, and then it's tricky. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Plus, you said your 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 buddy caught a seven eleven smallmouth today. Oh, oh my god! I didn't believe you. Sent me a text, and you just you just go seven eleven, and he goes read it and weep. <laughs> and just like. See, oh, uh, uh, Mega. Uh, I think I think I can share this. Wait, let me. Uh, let me. I can do this. It's uh. Y'all are about to see a New York giant right now. There we go. Yes. Do do do. It's a little hard to see there. Let me see if I can blow that up. What was that one that was? 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven? Yeah. So what if Alex shout out, buddy. 
That's a nice fish there for sure. Take, oh take that all in for just a second. Get my son to throw a single for longer than four minutes. Yeah, it's a big goal. I, I mean, that's a fish, though, that's going to take you years to break, if ever. Yeah, that's absolutely. Are you kidding me? All right, so, yeah, back to uh, to my goals. Uh, my, I guess I have a lofty goal. I definitely want to make either the TBF or the Bass Nation Nationals this year. So uh, either in the Northern Regionals on uh, Vermilion this year, which we're host, Minnesota's hosting, or uh, we also have another one uh, where we're hosting Wisconsin and the TBF semis. So hopefully finish the top in my state in one of those tournaments and go to nationals and then either be one step away from the classic or one step away from the BFL American. So that's kind of my, my big goals tournament wise for 2020. I like it. So I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm going to drop this here. I don't know how many tournaments I'm going to do, I guess this year. Um, I guess when it comes to, if I'm going to do tournaments, I'm going to do like the day live tournaments, like being, you know, that from the, whatever time to whatever, whether it's a one day or two day. So for kayaks, there's these tournaments that are online month longs. And I don't know how much I'm going right. to do anymore just because like I'm so competitive and I look at these things for, you know, for a month long, I have to catch the biggest five fish, but there's something else I want to do, but I feel torn because if I do that, I feel like I'm wasting time being productive on that tournament. So it takes away from, and it just, it, it stresses me out. Like I just want to, I just want to go fish, but I feel like I have to be going, for the biggest fish possible, no matter what. And there's just right. sometimes I also want to do something different, but I feel like if I'm in this tournament, I need to be being productive. Yeah. So I feel like I'm done with the, the tournament month longs, but I so that's like stifles, you stifles the creativity. Like, yeah, it feels like you always gotta be, always gotta be throwing a jig or you always gotta be throwing a swim bait. You can't go to a, a lake that's full of two pounders and just crush them. You gotta go to lakes where there's big fish and you gotta right? like, you can't just, yeah. See yeah, one hundred percent, and that's my whole mindset. It's like I just want to go do something different, you know. It's just I don't know, but that, and that kind of coincides with my YouTube channel. Um, you know, I want to do a whole bunch of do new different things this year, um, record a bunch more, and you know, since January, mid January, since I got home from Indiana, I've been pretty much putting out videos five days a week, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday being podcasts, and Tuesday, Thursdays being fishing videos. Um, sure. And since then, you know, I, I had, I think I had 150 something subscribers in January and now I just hit that 500 mark yesterday. So I'm hoping to hit a thousand in 2020. That's some, that's the goal I'm setting for 2020. Keep up the posts. I, I want to consistently post five days a week as long as I can have no hiccups. I think that's, the, I think that's a big goal. Thousand. As long as you don't get a job. As long as you don't get a job. And then, <laughs> well, see, the idea is to get a, a job in the fishing industry that allows me a, a rep job, right? You know, yeah. so things like that. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, job comes first, but you know, that's the goal at the at the time being. Goals change, but that is the current goal. Sure. I would have said at the beginning of the year, my YouTube goals would have been to just hit a thousand or two thousand subs because I think I was at like right at a thousand in January, um, or something pretty close to that uh and to get monetized and i feel like both of those goals are going to happen in uh probably in the next month or so at the rate things are going so Heck there's yeah, just man. been a definitely a snowball effect uh so yeah so you go all cap titles that's that's uh punch fishing's 
uh, recommendation. But so, yeah, to me, it's just about, uh, I think I just, more so than the subs and the views, I really just want to up the quality of my videos and make them better, more entertaining, more engaging, get better at editing, bring more angles, bring better storylines, bring just a better quality video and the rest will come. So that's just kind of my plan. I think I've already done some of that. Like I feel like even my crappie fishing videos have been way better than some of the videos where we caught a ton of fish last year. So um, yeah, that's, that's the big thing. I like it. So let's maybe, unless you got other goals, maybe like, so what, what's a new technique or new genre of fishing that you want to break, like really step things up? So I, it's, you know, um, I was texting with Benjamin Nowak today and that was one thing we were talking small, about. Small, small mouth experience. Small mouth experience. Yes. Excuse me. Um, and talking about spy baiting. I've never caught a fish on a spy bait. So uh, that's one, uh, that's one technique that I want to get a little bit better with. Um, trying to think of anything else. Hmm. Spy bait is first and foremost. Okay, two things: spy bait and a hair jig. I've caught three fish, I think, total ever on a hair jig. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, you're on. I would think lakes to do it, especially. Oh yeah. Certain times of the year, for sure. Uh, you definitely have the clean water. You've got the smallmouth, which both lend themselves to that. I've definitely caught a few fish on hair jigs, and for people that don't know what we're talking about. Like we're talking about, he's got it right there. Is that the uh, little? This is like a, I don't know what brand this is. Like a knockoff. It's not a fight or fly. Uh, I was gonna say, that, <laughs> I, uh, I, I dumped like sixty bucks into those Outcast tackle fighter which, flies. Which, which by which the way, good. I threw one today, and I caught a fish on it. And my first okay. cast, all of the all of the paint came off of the head after the fish for number one. I don't know if that's like a defense. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a number. I mean, I guess at least the skirt stayed on. I guess I would have been really ticked off if the hair would have fell off. I mean, paint on my head I can live with, but he had hair on his lips. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give another jig a try. And if it's a common trend, I might just send an email being like, Hey, is there something I can do to prolong these jigs or did I do something wrong? So know. where's one thing? Like if you're having trouble, like if you want to throw a lighter hair jig and you want to get a little more casting distance, you can just snip a little chunk of Senko off and put it. You don't really use it as a trailer, just a little body. And that gives you just a little weight, especially like I actually use like a, a real Senko, like one that you tear up and that heavy salt weight will just give you a little more mass and it'll kind of poof out your, your flare. Um, what's up Willie uh, on the jig. So that's just a little tip. And I know a lot of guys up here do that. They save little tails of their Senkos, just like three quarters of an inch, half inch, just put that little nub on there. It gives you a little weight. And then if you do have fish, I mean, it does give you maybe a little scent, a little salt, maybe just give you a little extra uh-huh. second to stick them. So there's kind of a trick. I'm not that I'm an expert and I've caught, I don't know, a few dozen fish on hair jigs. I've never really gotten on the bite where it's been amazing, but I know yeah. at times of the year, it's, it's really good. So is that why the fighter flies have a, a bait keeper on it then? Is for that idea? Essentially? Okay. That makes I would sense. think so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we have a few lakes around here that can that can do. There's a good video um, Rob Matsura and uh, Tyler's Real Fishing did on Skinny Atlas Lake when they were doing their northern swing for the elites. Uh, mm-hmm. It was elites or FLW. I think it was FLW because I think Rob Matsura films for Scott Martin. Sometimes I, I can't remember, but essentially they were up here on a, on a Finger Lake and throwing a hair jig and they're catching some smallmouth. 
Um, William says it's not common. That's good to know. That makes me feel better. <laughs> me, <laughs> maybe it's me. Yeah, I, I, I've only thrown a few of them, and uh, I can't say that it, it was. So I would say for me, like one thing I really want to do more of is throw the Tokyo rig. Dude, I love that. I made, I, fishing. I made some, and I want to try some real ones and see if it was more the ones I made or whether I just didn't really give enough effort. Uh, the other thing I want to do is try these ring hooks from okay. BMC uh, and try that for flipping. Uh, supposedly that is potentially a, a way to keep fish pegged better when punching and flipping in grass versus just tying directly to a uh, – so it has a little, like, welded split ring, and so it kind of gives your bait a little bit more of a – Head action instead of just tying directly to the knot. So to two things there. One that that the Tokyo rig I love to flip with, but I also it's a great. I've noticed it, it's a, it creates a a huge difference for me when it comes to bed fishing for largemouth. Smallmouth are stupid. You can catch them on whatever the hell you want. You can catch them on a leaf on when they're bed fishing. Um. But a Tokyo rig, what I like to do, especially on the, like, you know, naturally bigger largemouth are harder to trick on beds. So it, it's awesome to watch the impact that that Tokyo rig has. I'll put on just like a simple plastic, like a, a D-bomb or a rage bug or simple, whatever, whatever it may be that you're flipping with. I take a, I take a, a tungsten weight on the bottom and I'll take like a, a 1 16th ounce lead weight and put that on top of it. So that when you're when you're taking your the slack out of your line, so you're keeping the bait where it is, but you're moving the slack on the line, you're clacking that lead weight, the lead weight onto the tungsten, and it just sits there pissing off the, the fish. And it just I don't think it's taken me more than five casts to to catch a bed fish with a Tokyo rig. I think the biggest I caught was like a five, eight, five, nine on Tokyo off a of bed, but it's a great bait to flip with too. Especially, you know, when you know when that normal pattern isn't working for you and you want to switch things up. That's pretty cool. And so using lead on tungsten, you're getting kind of a softer muted click versus tungsten on tungsten, which might be a little loud. And like, yeah. so it's just something subtle, but it has that noise to it, which is kind of cool. Nice. So, but then there's the second thing I was going to say is um, I've noticed it's my buddy and I found this, you know, we're flipping Texas rigs with pegged bullet weights, but we tried, we like throwing wobble heads too. We flipped with the wobble heads. Uh-huh. And we were getting way better bites. You know, we were getting more fish through flipping wobbleheads just because it's a different presentation. They're probably not, they're not used to seeing wobbleheads come through the grass, which they come through the grass great. Um, it's huh. something a little bit different. Which I think the ring took with a tungsten weight would be very similar to a wobblehead, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So, something different. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Let's see. What else do we so got? Spy- so five baits, yeah, I've only caught two, two or three fish on five baits, so I can't help you on that. Yeah, I've also heard they are crazy. Like people have a lot of problems landing fish on five baits. Even when they get on a good bite, they tend to like lose a high percentage of fish. Like so, if your rod and line and setup is not dialed, they're just they don't they don't stay pinned. Evidently, it's like a you need like a seven two seven four medium with like straight eight pound uh, fluorocarbon or something like that. Unless you're KBD and St. Lawrence, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't seen a bite on a spy bait that good as KBD on St. Lawrence. That was that was just one day. (laughs) That was only one day. Yeah, that was nuts. Oh my god! What 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 Bill is saying there though that smallies on uh, a a pair jig on a smallie on a bed can be really good at times too. If you can't get them on other things, sometimes that will definitely they'll just 
So, yeah, yeah, and that's one thing. Uh, ben Nowak was saying too is like when you know, in your round fish, you know you're around fish, and uh, you know you're not, you can't get him to bite, you can't trick him. That you know his bait that he goes to is is a hair jig. So it's, yeah, I think if you're if you're seeing cruisers and you're seeing fish on flats, that's when I would bring out the hair jig, give it a try, and build your confidence. Um, trying to find fish with a hair jig is really. Ugh. Speaking of wildheads, a strike king structure wildhead is great for coming through cover. I, I haven't tried it, but I would imagine it is pretty legit. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah. I know they're. I can't remember which models I use. <laughs> I bought them a while ago. I still have them. I haven't lost any. Not kind of wood. Any other techniques? So you, oh, dude, uh, I, wanna, I know this is a common trend for probably a lot of people, but I want to get better at swim baits this year. Not like the tiny swim, but yeah, there you go. Some glide baits and some uh, mag drafts. Not going too heavy. I'm not yeah. spending over you know, 30 bucks for a swim bait, but to try to get better at the, the whole idea of it because it's a great search bait, you know? Fish catching aside, it's a great search bait. What is that? Yeah. Is so, like, it's an osprey okay. tournament. Yep. Like a seven inch osprey. Like so, yeah, it. I'm definitely, uh, definitely going to order glide baits, probably I mean, a little bit swim baits in general, but also glide baits for sure. So, I'm definitely going to order a couple of the Arashi glides and a couple of the Molex glides, I think, to add those to my. I've got mm. a, a fair amount of the S waivers. Um, which are pretty decent as well, um, right? Like, so I'm gonna get a couple more. I'm gonna try to get some, some big bites on big baits on film this year. That's kind of a, uh, definitely a, something I want to do this year. More, you know, especially fun fishing. I don't know if it's gonna be a tournament thing, but when I'm out just filming and doing things, I definitely want to throw the swim bait more. Uh, as far as big swim baits. My really big swim bits, I'm throwing on a Dobbins 795 swim bait rod. I don't know, did you keep yours or did you get rid of it? I have sold my Dobbins, yeah. <laughs> and I have a, a, Douglas, a Douglas 805F, so it's LRX. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of the other ones, I mean, like a, uh, that 168 River to Sea Glide bait is pretty easy to throw on a 7.4 jig rod. It's not that bad. Uh, so uh, if you really just want to dabble in glide baits that – uh, that that 168 River to Sea is a great starter bait. It's only like it's less than 15 bucks, I think, or right around 15 bucks. And it's you can throw it on a jig rod. Like if you start going up, you know, this is probably closer to something like this. Uh, it's a triple jointed bait, but this is about the size of like a Rashi Cover Glide or the Molex or some of those. And that one you're probably going to want kind of a light swim bait rod. Uh, Mags, what are you throwing a mag swim bait on? Yeah, like a. I don't work with. There will likely not be any trolling tips uh, today. Yeah. I don't know any. <laughs> <else>, man, <laughs> let's see. Uh, top water. That's my favorite top water. Or what? that's because you're talking about internet trolling, uh, and that you need no help if that's what you're asking. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, top water. My I've heard. Favorite. I mean, the dark people are talking about dark sleepers, and they're technically sure. swim bait, but they really so fish like a jig. From what I understand. You, yeah, you can fish them like a jig, but I've heard uh, they're pretty effective. Um, just you know, just like you're slower on a kitek, 
you know, let it hit bottom and you're just painfully reeling right. and keeping that bottom contact. Sure. What, you what am I throwing for top water? It depends. Like rod or reel or like so. I mean, I, I got a handful of favorite baits. So one, like we've covered this, this yellow magic top water. Like, so this is this is largely for ri what, Mississippi River for me. Like I throw this a ton on the Mississippi River. I like this bone color. There's shad in the systems. There's basically two baits. This and then the Reaction Innovations Vixen, which yeah, Trevor, it's definitely different. I have one up. They're good. I think it's similar uh, to this. This is kind of a knockoff one, but like a walking bait like this. This is a color pattern I really like to throw on lakes, especially in Minnesota. Is this kind of translucent bluegill color? It's got a really good points on it too. Yeah. So like this, um, and then I almost always like to throw a red hook on the front of my top waters. Yeah. I think it gives the that, fish. Uh, keep the peg on there. Yeah. Oh, the peg. That's probably because I was. Uh, Probably throwing it on a different rod, and I just kept the peg on there. That way, if I switch back to something else, I would just have the peg on there. So, um, but uh, yeah, top water though, like, in a tournament, I will almost always have a red hook on the front. Uh, I would so take some off the I've, I've, the heard I've heard this before. So to me, to me, uh, it 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 changes where the fish hits the bait more times than not. They go from just generally hitting the bait, and you end up with a lot of tail hook. They tend to get that front hook. They tend to hit the head of the bait. And I don't know if it is like uh, a bleeding thing, gills, like if that actually gets them to hit. But what I think it does is it it, send, it gives them a focal point to hit. And I think now red down in the water definitely loses its color. But I think red at the top of the water surface is still very visible to the fish. Um, so to me, they get the bait better. Uh, it will help turn some followers into biters. And uh, I mean, I've seen it like little tiny fish. If you don't have a red hook, they'll come up and suck the back. And then, like, if you have a red hook, they will latch on to that front treble hook. So, I mean, I've seen it enough times. I truly believe that a red hook on a top water front only, I want it on the front. I don't put them on all of them. I want them to hit the front of the bait. Hmm. Uh, and that's what I'm going for. I personally, uh, if I'm going out fishing, you know, any top water my go to is a spook. A mag spook, um, but then I, I've fallen in love with the uh, that Berkeley Chapo. Uh, yeah. It's like a midnight black. I can't remember the name of the color, um, but I love it for night fishing. There's the river to see, right? This is a. I mean, I think whatever you get your hands on, the Chapo, the uh, the plopper, they're both good baits. Um, I can't say one is better than the other. I just had more of these before the Chapo. I just know the way with the, the Chapos, it's engineered in a way where grass, it'll still plop with the grass on it, where the the Whopper Popper won't. That's the only thing I like about it. I definitely have aspirations to do a Black Chapo versus Whopper video this year. Like, get two of the identical colors, two guys in a boat. I know Bill want to help me out with this. And basically, like, literally, I mean, you see these videos where they're like, Oh, we're gonna do green pumpkin versus black and blue, or blah blah blah. But they never do it in a way that actually is meaningful. Like the person in the front of the boat always does it one way; they don't switch. You know what I mean? Like it's. I want to do some bait battle war videos where it actually is legit. Like where there's a decent enough sample size, the the person running the boat, the type of cover. Like take those variables out and get and, and like really look at some of that. So that'll be something I want to do this year. Um, yeah, for me though, like white, black perch like you, you don't need many colors of a, a top water 
Uh, and th I mean, this is back. good, especially, especially on lakes that don't get a lot of pressure. This like dumb fish go nuts on these style plopper baits. I mean, they just, they crush it. Like, which is pretty much every lake in Minnesota and New York. So, but uh, yeah, it, it is some of the most vicious strikes uh, that you're going to see oh my gosh, ever yeah. on the plopper. I, I made a, a decent, it's not a, I can't say it's a decent video, but it, it was a, a night fishing video where you, you can't see me actually fishing. You, you can see me once I catch a fish and bring it on the kayak, you can see the fish and everything. Um, but all you hear is the, the plot noise from the, I think it was actually, I was throwing a 110 whopper plot at that time in, uh, in Loon. And all you can hear is the bloop, bloop, bloop. And then you just hear, all you hear is douche. Uh, it's it's kind of like, a, it's a night fishing video. You guys can check it out. But it's, it's if you want to hear me freak out and hear some bait just get destroyed, it's a good one there too. To your biggest bass frog, uh, I think, I don't know, four pounds, four and a half pounds. I yeah, I think when I was young, I, caught, I definitely caught him over six on a frog when I was younger, yeah. up north. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like, I keep it. This is one of my frog boxes, so I keep it fairly decent. <laughs> I think I own like maybe uh, frogs. So, but similar thing here. Like, I've got black frogs, I've got white frogs, and then I got a couple like brown natural frogs. That's like it. Like, I got black. I got, I, got, I, got a, I got a couple bluegill patterns for like really clear water, but I don't use those a lot. Um, you got but, a few frogs. <laughs> He's got a few, yeah. <laughs> um, but some of the frogs that I like, I mean, the spros are pretty good. Um, a frog that's pretty underrated, in my opinion, that not a lot of people throw are the Terminator frogs. Okay. Like, I think those are really good frogs. I think they're a good value. They have good hooks. Uh, so that's something. Uh, the pad crashers are pretty good. They're like the pop and pad crasher, especially for like if you don't have yeah. a ton of money and something that you can get at most dicks and ganders and just about anywhere, that's a decent frog. Um, I've, got the, I've got some of these old screw tungsten frogs. They had some really terrible ones, and then they came out and they softened them up, and those ones were pretty good. Um, what's up, Chad? I fell in love with um with uh, the they're called Prozy baits, Prozy. Hmm. Uh, it's a different frog. I like their they're popping frogs. I don't like their their walking frogs, but they're popping. Frogs. Mega, I've never tried the mega bass. I've heard great things though. I think um tap not, what is it called? Um, crap. What's the YouTube channel? Can't believe I'm blanking on this. It's like the Who's the two guys? Oh, wow, this is gonna be really embarrassing. But who's the two guys out in California who have the YouTube channel? Tactical Bass. Yeah, there you go. I, I kept I kept thinking Tackle Warehouse. I don't know why I was thinking. But yeah, they. Small I think they channel. Did, they, yeah. Small channel out west. Small channel. Uh, Stanford Frog. I've been experimenting a little bit. That's the boom new boom boom frog. I really like their color. Their black and blue color. That's just like a confidence color for me. Yeah. Uh, um, I like a black. They have that little fur strip on there, which I could care less about, but. Is that supposed uh, to like keep the fish on there because of that? Yeah, probably like so. Give you an extra second, like it's supposed to catch in the. I don't. I don't buy that. Like that's just whatever. Um, but here's the the frog that I really like that don't make anymore. Is the evolved nervous walker? Interesting. It's kind of like a live target, 
but way softer. Like just, there's nothing to it. Like in huge hooks. Um, and, uh, I just, I wish they make it. I've actually looked at possibly trying to find somebody that could make those frogs and like actually bringing them back. But like, it's a little bit bigger frog. It's super soft. It gets a big bite. It's got a decent rattle in it. Um, the other thing that I do when I'm fishing, like, so in, on the Mississippi, we get, uh, like heavy duckweed mats and I'm getting a little low on them unless they're floating around in here. Cause I have these little steel dowels that I just picked up from somewhere and I just drop those just, I put like two or three of those mm. through the little hole where the hook is to give it kind of a rattle sound, a little extra mm. weight. And so that when you're fishing mats, you want that frog to kind of push down and, and sit a little harder to, to yeah. make a bigger disturbance in the mat so that the fish can pick up on it and then hopefully not blow it out of the water as hard uh, when they come up. So that's something that I definitely do a lot of when I'm in that river. Um, so like not something I do when I'm skipping frogs around docks and trees and like kind of like clumps of grass and stuff. Or like a, So like, you know, doing that, like if I'm fishing a bank, I'll throw like a seven foot three, five power Dobbins if I'm like skipping shoreline cover and things like that with like 60 pound braid. And then if I'm on the river, I'll go to like a seven, nine or eight foot pop bait log. And then I'm casing like mega casts across flats. That's when I put those rattles in. Uh, so you get better casting distance, you get more sound, you push down on the mats harder, uh, potentially get more bites that way. Have I ever fished in Texas? I have. I have fished, I think only three lakes in Texas. And it's Fork, Amistad, and Falcon. <laughs> um, the big three. I mean, I think yeah, Fork was really good. Mine, they're Rayburn and Toledo. I think that's it. Have you fished them? You said I've never fished. I've never fished oh, yeah. south of. For, I've never freshwater fished south of uh, New York. Okay, so yeah, so I fished all three of those. Uh, we used to go almost to Fork every year when I was like, I don't know, between like 12 and like maybe 16 years old. A lot of good memories there. Didn't know nearly as much about fishing. I would love to go back there again now, knowing what I know now about fishing. Um, but we always go went in like late March, early April. It was fairly shallow, uh, like flipping stumps and sight fishing and things like that. Um, and then Amistad, I fished the year I fished in the Elite Series event on Amistad that Derek Remitz won. And I actually, pra I actually practiced one day with Derek Remitz. That's back when they had co-anglers and back when they could practice with co-anglers. And so I actually got to see the bite he was on throwing uh, football jigs and 10-inch worms in, like, super deep water, super deep ledges. Um, and that was really – so I got to be there, like, when it was pretty much at its best. Uh, I mostly fished the tournament there. Um, we did a little bit of fun fishing. I did catch my personal best 8-pound, 3-ounce largey off a of bed. Uh like after the cut day going back out and fun fishing. Uh, so of course, but my dad, my dad lived there for a few years with his trailer uh, in the winters and he caught a 13 something out of there. So he actually got to share a lunker out of Amistad. Um, I listened to a then, podcast today, Bass Talk Live, uh, where they had Denny Brower on and he said he caught a 15 out of there, but he only uh -huh. knew, he said it was at least a 15 because he had two different scales in his boat and they bottomed out at 15 pounds wow. so that when he put it on the scale, it hit 15. And he's he's like, I, he goes, both scales bottomed out. So he goes, it was over 15, but we're just calling it a 15. 
and he called it. He caught it on a football jig. Like I couldn't imagine leaning into one on a football jig, and I f- I would feel like you, you're just snagged. I don't know. I was, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, and then uh, I had a couple short trips because my dad actually winters in Falcon right now, and I don't get down there as much as I should. But I've been down there a couple times, and I've caught some, you know, five, six, seven pounders. Uh, but he's he's between Amistad and Falcon, he has like. I don't know, 20 fish over 10 pounds and like 50 fish over nine pounds and like an uncountable number of eight, seven to eight pounders, like all the time he spends down. It's ridiculous. It's, it's nuts. Amazing. So yeah, uh, I, I definitely would still like to go down there and fish like Rayburn and Tulio Bend in like a tournament situation though. That would be fun. That's, that's probably more of a bucket list thing for me is to like fish an open or a regional or something like that on those lakes. Yeah. You, I mean, either Falcon, Falcon or Fork in the pre-spawn. Mm-hmm. I, I can't resist that. Falcon is way down again right now for some reason. I guess the water is ultra low again, which that's the one thing that makes that lake tricky is that the water fluctuates terribly on Falcon. So that's kind of what creates some of those boomer bust uh, seasons on Falcon. So Talking about lakes that are on the ramp up, Clear Lake is going back to its peak. They're saying it's as good as it is back in 2007. Nice. I would love to go to Clear Lake on a pre-spawn, right? I know a guy over there who who's one of the Douglas pros, and he caught. I think he said it was like in a three day span, he caught 32, 33, 31. I was like, I, he caught. He's like all in a trap. He's just huh. a trap. Slip on crankbaits. I'm just like, that just sounds like heaven to me. I, uh... Here's a question for you. Sure. What, what are if you could, we'll, we'll start podcast first because I have a, I want, I'm curious about your YouTube channels too. Your top three, like your personal uh, top three podcasts that you listen to. Not counting yours? Not counting yours. <laughs> all right. So I, I do like the Serious Angler podcast. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'll just, I'll, I catch, I usually watch Bass Talk Live on YouTube, like while I'm working. Like I usually try to catch it pretty close to live or shortly after. So I don't tend to listen to that one a lot, like through traditional earbuds uh, in a podcast. I tend to watch that one, um, especially lately with all the free time at home. Um, um, I find that I like from an entertainment standpoint, I really do enjoy uh, this one's probably not well known. Uh, what is Bertrand's? I can't think of the name of it now. Oh, uh, the Angler Happy Hour. So that one is uh, is really good. So if you're looking for something that's not like as well known, the Angler's Happy Hour that Josh Bertrand does with a couple of his buddies yeah. uh, is pretty good. They do a, a good mixture of like entertainment, outdoors, a little bit of hunting, uh, and cover some of Josh's tournament stuff. And I think that's really well done. It's pretty entertaining. He's got some people that are kind of in, really into fishing and some guys that are just kind of yeah. casually into fishing. And one, guy, one guy's a guide. So I really think that one's pretty good. I mean, I, I definitely listen to the, like the Bass radio show, and I listen. I mean, I listen to a bunch of them. I'm trying to think which ones would be my favorite. Um, like where I get excited, I used to listen to the FLW's podcast. You know, uh, a straight cast guy. I, I'm really not got into straight cast. I've watched a little bit of theirs uh, lately, but I, I'm not subscribed. I don't download on my phone. I've watched a few of their shows on like YouTube and Facebook a little bit. Um, I do have the Smackdown Outdoors podcast. 
I typically only listen yeah. to ones that I'm interested in. I don't listen to like the Walleye ones and things like that. Let me just look at my list here quick. Uh, Stray Cats did a good one with Mark Zona. That was a really good one, those two. Yeah. I like Bateman Raw when he puts it out. Uh, Ike Live is pretty good. I've gotten like that. I like that's definitely one I look forward to. Bass U. Uh, Bass U. They haven't been putting much out lately, though. I feel like they've been a little spotty. But when they do, they do. They do it's good stuff. Like it's juice for sure. Alex um, Rudd a good one too. I've got Alex Rudd. I've only started listening to that, so I'll do the uh, early returns on that. Like I haven't listened to a ton of his, but yeah. So I mean, there's a ton of good content out there for sure. Oh yeah, it's replaced all music for me. <laughs> yeah, I, rarely, I mean, occasionally if I'm in the car for a very short period, I'll listen to some music if I'm yeah. not listening to sports talk radio, in which now is like there's nothing happening in sports, so I listen to a little more music. But if it's but over in my car, yeah, so. if it's over a five minute drive, it's a podcast. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me ask you this then top three YouTube channels that you watch? Hmm. I actually, I'm a big fan of Sobe. Okay. I watch most of his videos, even like when he's ice fishing and things that I'm not interested in, because I really am intrigued at the level of his editing and storytelling. I find that his videos are super, so I almost watch it as like research. Like I want to like be inspired and pick up ideas and just, uh, he does a great job. So I think you just, he's so relatable. And so like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's effortless. It seems like watching his, um, mm -hmm. Like hardcore stuff, like definitely, it kind of varies. Uh, entertainment standpoint, I like Luke Duncan. His fishing <laughs> yeah. videos are okay. I guess from a podcast, he doesn't really put it out in a podcast, does he? Yeah, so Luke yeah, Duncan puts out. Yeah, so I definitely like that one. I tend to watch his videos too. Uh, his fishing videos are okay, but I like his, his podcast quite a bit. Um, I tend to dabble around a lot. I do like a lot of, the pro stuff like i will like jump in and watch like james nigamire and andrew upshaw uh i mean so i, I really kind of like dabble around kind of based on topics that i'm interested in uh i like watching bateman raw's streams like i think those are entertaining i've been doing a little bit of smallmouth crush lately i, be, I mean i'm yeah. absorbing a lot more youtube right now than a normal person should but i think a lot yeah. of us are probably in that boat right now yeah uh, Flukemash is a good one too yeah I'm not a bit. I haven't watched a lot of Fluke Master, uh, but yeah, I mean he's definitely got a big following. Yeah. I watched some of Alex Rudd stuff. Um, there's so many good ones. So much, it's like it's so hard. And I think if you're trying to create, it's hard to take time to watch as much as you could for sure. Yeah, I, I think putting. I find it really hard to watch a YouTube video and edit a YouTube video at the same time. Oh my god! Yeah, you get so distracted. Yeah, yeah. I think it's almost cruel to to limit it to a top three. Because there's so many good ones. Like, you know, what, what, what a good one. How about Bell. you name a couple that maybe like underrated for you? Like maybe not like your favorites, but maybe a couple like people should know about that they don't know about. I think first and I mean first and foremost, uh, small mouth experience. I don't know how the heck he's only at seventeen thousand.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That dude should be blown up by now. Um, Benjamin Nowak, great dude over there. Um, so smallmouth, uh, smallmouth, I almost said smallmouth crush. Smallmouth experience. Uh, it puts out a lot of good information on smallmouth fishing. Um, I think he's super underrated, even though he is, you know, 17,000 is a good number. I think he's super underrated. Um, i trying to think of some other underrated channels. Hello, yeah, you're thinking? All right, he's, he's yeah. Great. Trevor, uh, Trevor Frost and Jacob Wheeler. I do Jacob when Jacob, I like Wheeler when he, his entertainment is pretty good. And I guess I would put Scott and Jacob Wheeler in the boat. They do, they do have entertainment, but they do give away some really good information at times. So you can sift through the goofiness and get into the juice. they both have really good information in them as well. So, yeah, I like watching Jacob Wheeler's tournament videos because not to just like hear him. I like hearing his thoughts to himself. But I like to watch what not many people I think might pick up. Where you watch his decisions he makes when he jumps. He jumps around in so many different spots. But if you pay attention to why he makes those decisions, it kind of can help you key in on different patterns and different things like that, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I pretty so much you know, fast forward through the vlog sections of those and wait till they're in their boat by themselves, and then I start watching. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mark Daniels Jr. has got a good one too. I like his. Yeah, for sure. Um, Somebody else in the up and come up, up and coming is uh, Latimer. He's got a good one. Uh, Alex Rudd coming up. He's Alex Rudd starting to blow up. He's a good one too. Bradley Hallman and Todd Castledine both yep. have some really. Like if you're a tournament guy, or if you're like serious bass head, yeah, they have some legit content. It's not as as polished or as pretty, but they know what the f they're talking about, and you can learn some stuff for sure. If you're a, a serious fisherman. And you want to learn, and he he's relatively big, but I think I'm still relatively surprised he's not over eight hundred thousand. Let's say is a good number. Uh, Mikey Balls, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from him all the time, and he's just he's just full of knowledge. And you can ask him a question; he'll go on for 40, 50 minutes. I mean, if you go, you think he's my second or third podcast, and it, it was like an hour and a half, and you could not get that man to stop talking because he just wanted to talk about everything just nonstop. Like he was just on crack, which is pretty sure. cool. It was, it was fun, but what's that? Makes your job easy as an interview on the right? podcast. Yeah. I just like, I would lean in, fire off a question and I'd just sit back for another 20, 30 minutes before I had to talk again. <laughs> just like turn your camera off, go grab a drink, come back. Yeah. But I gotta, I gotta make a quick shout out to uh, a buddy of mine, Mr. Greg Blanchard, kayak angler. He's out of California right now, but he's from New York, uh-huh. and he's a good angler. So he's going out there. I think he's at like sixty-three thousand or something like that. But it's impressive. He, it, talk about a testament to limited amount of filming. He films from his GoPro and his phone, and that's it. And yeah, he's, I mean, that's, that's what I do. I mean, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm amazing, but I really like I. I'm, no interest in investing in a DLSR or whatever they're called. 
to uh, at this point. So. Yeah, Greg does have good videos. There you go. So I was cleaning out like some stuff this today, like doing some like house stuff, and like show my tackle addiction. So I found this bag out of nowhere. So I found an, an old school speed trap with like a parrot color, which is one of my favorite colors. And then I found, what is it? So this old Daiwa lipless crankbait. Interesting. It looks like a matte color. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a matte chartreuse blue. I feel like this is like maybe what like Takahiro won on like Harris Chain or like Toho, like the first tournament after he won the classic, like hmm. 10 years ago. And then I found this pile of unopened Lucky Crafts. Oh my god. <laughs> so I found five Lucky Crafts in the package, never opened. I think they're all Betty Sheds. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, or Pointers or like, I don't know, like straight up. Yeah, they're all 75 Bevy Shads in different colors. Like, just lost them in the basement. No big deal. Like, straight up tackle junkiness. And then I found another bag that I had cleared out uh, Gainer Mountain Clearance at one time, like years ago. And I found all of these Rapplas. Oh my gosh. Gainer. So there's like all these, all these colors of like, discontinued dt6 regal shad which is like a purple it's like a sexy shad but like purple in chartreuse yep, yep. so the bait man would definitely be all about that purple and chartreuse uh, then i found a bunch of uh or a couple dt flats i don't think they make these anymore i don't know how much people I think they're coming like out the new one, if they haven't already they're supposed yeah, to sorry, have D DT fat sorry not dt flat but dt fat oh, okay. So I don't think they make these anymore either. And so it's like, wow, it's just like what once was old is now new again because I forgot that I had bought all these things at one time. Did you see iCast is now a virtual show? I no did, app. yeah. Not not terribly surprised. I think because especially because it's an international show and there's so much traveling from all over this country and all over the world, it just like it just uh, it just seemed like inevitable. Like I figured at best it would be a modified show. So the fact that it is uh, virtual makes more sense. And I, and I, one thing I will wonder long-term is like, there's more and more of these virtual trade shows and virtual meetings and teleconferences and zooms. And like, I've seen advertisements for all these virtual trade shows for different industries at some point, like, is that going to be the new norm? Will there be less travel? Will there be not as much need to go to these places? Like, do you really need to go to ICAST to see a bait? I don't know. Maybe some stuff. Yes. Some no. Um, did we already have the virtual? I didn't even go to the virtual Northwest sports show. I didn't even, I guess. Um, but it's, you know, the thing about the Northwest sports show is it's probably 20% boats, 20% like tackle and fishing stuff and like 60% resorts, <laughs> which like, like I go there and I probably only look at 30% of it hmm. and I'm done when I go to our like Northwest, that's, which is our big sports show uh, for like bass fishing stuff and, and open water angling. There's a few other shows, but that's definitely the biggest and it's still, it's nothing, nothing special. You can really see what you want to see in 60 or 90 minutes, probably. 
Yeah, I think this this time, this age we're in right now, it's uh, one, it's the extinction of the handshake. I don't think you'll see a handshake come out of this for all, for years. And then um, I think, you know, while we're doing all this, I think people are finding a lot more efficient ways to, uh, to I think, work from home. I think there's a lot of companies right. that realize they can save a lot of money on time, you know, time and work at the office and, you know, have people work from home. I don't know. I think there, there's some good to come of it, you know, try to, you know, half glass full. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it blows over quick, but yeah. How much so time Trevor, and- I'm hoping to get on Mississippi river this coming week to do some, some fish on Mississippi river. So hopefully maybe two weeks out before we have a Mississippi river video. Um, there you go. And then uh, you fished St. Lawrence a little bit. Yeah. No, no. So I haven't been on the St. Lawrence in years. I'm hoping to get on it this summer. I had plans to get on it this summer. We'll see how this whole virus thing goes, but um, I how haven't far, been how far there. drive. How far drive is it to the places that are popular for fishing? Three and a half, if that. So I, mean, like, I mean, if I want to go up to like the river by Champlain, it's like five. You know, it's right. it's not terrible. I mean, it's, it's a week, it's a weekend thing. I mean, you could do a long day trip, but it's not ideal in three and a half hours. I mean, you're you're gonna want to make a weekend out of it, but it's not like. It's, I've been I've been texting with Bertrand a little bit because we planned a trip for when they come when that, the MLF comes up north if they still do come up north. I think they plan on coming back in June, but if it stays consistent, I'm supposed to have a, like a two or three days to go fish St. Lawrence with Josh Bertrand, so that'll be a blast. He'll be make some good videos out of that. Maybe do a uh, podcast, serious angler with uh, collaborating with Anglers Happy Hour. <laughs> I will say that you had I don't remember. Maybe right before me or right after me, you had a handful of guests on your podcast that fished the St. Lawrence lot. So yeah. that I found those videos would be entertaining, or those sorry, those podcasts uh, or both, whatever. Uh, if you want to go back, those. I mean, if you're interested in the St. Lawrence and what it's all about, there was some really good content that you had on your show uh, about that for sure. I don't remember which their names were, but there was a couple for sure, like a team, a couple of like a buddies that fished it a lot, and then a couple of guys that. Do kayak and other guys tournaments and so there was Josh Bertrand who's one of them because he won an elite series tournament on St. Lawrence and then there's Michael Bell who lives on St. Lawrence that fishes it religiously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good one to talk to you about that. Um, there, there's a few guys, a bunch of guys. You know, Casey sure. Smith is one. He fishes all over the place, so that's a pretty cool thing. And uh, I got some cool podcasts in the works. I have a uh, uh, I'm bringing in bringing in panels to the podcast now, so I'm gonna be. Uh, Doing like smallmouth panels, you know, largemouth panels, smallmouth panel. I'm just gonna release it right now. It's it's not gonna be out for a couple of weeks, but um, I'm doing one. It's a smallmouth panel, and it's gonna go by region. So I have somebody from the northeast, midwest, two guys from the south, and one from the west, and we're gonna talk about different smallmouth behaviors, whole bunch of different stuff. And it's you know, there's you know Benjamin Nowak, Alex Rudd, Caleb Bell, Casey Smith, Austin Wilson. Uh, it's it's gonna be a a very thought-provoking podcast, and I'm really excited for it. So it's going to be fun. But I'm going to do like I plan on doing like a college bass fishing panel where I have college anglers come on and talk about college bass fishing uh, in general, but also talk about it so it can be a resource for high school anglers going into college, knowing how to prepare, what is to be expected in certain cases, and what it's kind of all about. So they're not shell shocked once they get to college. So kind of sure. cool things in the works. And I'm going to have, the, you know, a Minnesota 
panel because I think I've had on every angler from Minnesota on the podcast. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe you need to get like, well, I suppose you can still get like Seth and you could get Austin Felix. Um, That'd be cool. I would love to have have both those guys on. Are you are you are you a big Harry Potter fan? Because that would be your in for Austin Felix if you could tempt him with some like Harry um, Potter trivia or something like that. Adam Barshusik and I talked about this. I I hate Harry Potter, and he he yelled at oh. me. For it He's like me and oh. Austin Felix tweet at each other all the time about Harry Potter stuff, and I'm like I just it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. So here's here's the funny thing. Indie. So. A guy in my neighborhood just bought Austin Felix's boat. Oh. And I knew it because, well, you can see this. But there's the golden snitch, you know, the thing when they play the, the Quidditch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that sport. That's the, he puts that on his outboard motor, a little decal. That's hilarious. <laughs> Jeez, Rich, check your notifications, man. You're blowing up over there. What's that? <laughs> I was just joking because the top of your phone is loaded with all your notifications. Oh, yeah. Answer your friends. Uh, Will asked that Andy question mark. I'm not sure uh, if I'm on that one. Oh, Andy Young, maybe? Andy Young. Oh, I talked to him a little bit at the Classic. He's at the same hotel. Yeah, he's cool. a super nice guy. Yeah. Very, very nice guy. Down to earth. Was he wearing Hawaii Honolulu Hawaii shorts when you talked to him? Yeah, he was he was decked out in uh, Outcast tackle uh, gear, and uh, he was, we were sitting at the bar with him. Uh, Rod designer from Douglas, Bobby Lane, Andy Young. Uh, there were some cool dudes. Jimmy Reese. We were all sitting there and having a having a good time. The, the classic was amazing. If anybody can get down to the classic, go to that. That was that was incredible. Just just the networking aspect was cool. Just because everyone down talked to everybody. Minus the whole corona spreading. Yeah, I was going to say, it literally happened the last weekend that it possibly could have happened. Otherwise, it never would have happened. <laughs> if it was another week, it wouldn't have happened. They would have canceled the Classic. For sure. Or they would have canceled the Expo. One of the two. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe the tournament would have went on, but like so many vendors would have pulled out for sure, probably. I mean, like I think Shimano pulled out, and that was like the only one that pulled out uh, at the time. Now, being that we were a Japanese company, that made a lot more sense, but. That's only one I heard about. Maybe there was a few others. Yeah, we were surprised that some people were still there. Like Arc Rods, they were right behind us, and they were all still there full full force. Hmm. Trying to remember who they had at their booth. But uh, it's a good time. I can't, I, I'm mad, and I can't go to ICAST. I'm going to wait another year. <laughs> like I would. Hopefully it happens next year. Oh. We got any questions from anybody? I don't know. Do you have any more questions, Rich? Before we, I don't know how. I can't think of any. I don't know. I mean, we we about an hour and twenty minutes. Not too bad for a first stream. Had a a decent amount of uh, interaction. Yeah, so I think unless there's not a whole lot, let's maybe wrap up and like maybe like give a little uh, maybe a few questions come in. But like so, uh, definitely follow. When I get the description out and the re, the replay comes out, there'll be links if you want. But make sure you uh, like check out. Uh, Bailey's channel, uh, I Grid Outdoors, which is impossible to spell. So if you just search Serious Angler, that's way easier way I to find really it. I my name. <laughs> I, thought, I didn't want to tell you that, but I was like, you might just want to go with the Serious Angler because that's just it's a little bit easier to uh, – uh, and then obviously if you're on Instagram or any of that stuff, uh, follow him on the Serious Angler. 
Yeah, serious angler. Uh, he's got like 17 Instagram channels, so just follow one of them. Um, and, uh, I make sure that they make a new intro, so then it's it's tough. Yeah, you can shorten your intro at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, definitely consider like he puts out a ton of podcast content. So if you find yourself walking your dog a whole lot more than you normally have uh, and need more podcasts, he's definitely got hours and hours of stuff that you can binge content. And he's got everything from uh, guys like uh, regular Joe guys that fish small tournaments or bait makers or do kayak stuff or they fish regional tournaments all up to tour level pros. So, uh, and you can kind of pick uh, what you want to hear and what regional, I mean, he's got uh, probably one of the most diverse guest lists you're going to see on a podcast. So definitely worth checking yeah. out. Yeah. There you go. All right. Smackdown. So and if you, uh, if you came in late, uh, definitely check out uh, the replay. Uh, this will be up. So if you want to circle back and watch what happened or hear all the, the things that happened, you can definitely check back and watch the replay. So, yeah. So as uh, I guess we'll just wrap it up. And uh, as always, here to help you suck less and catch more fish. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Rich. This was fun. Yeah, no we'll problem. Do it again. We'll do it I like again. It. I like it.